Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, July the 7th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we're in year C, proper week 10, which is the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from the Revised Common Lectionary. And this week in the church's calendar year, and so we find ourselves in a new spot. We've been in Galatians uh, recently and Romans before that. And so today we're going to go just down the shelf in Paul's letters to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and we got together in a time of prayer. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace you learned it from Epaphras our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf who also told us of your love in the spirit For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son, whom he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is a word of God for us. Holy run-on sentence, Batman. I mean, that last part of this passage is one long sentence, it seems like. But Paul is trying to cram as much as he can in this opening paragraph to a church that he admires and loves and obviously he's been praying for for quite some time. And the Colossian church is under some significant pressure. Uh, we know that they are kind of in a distant land. They're in this Asia Minor part of the Roman Empire. And they're like in this trade triangle with Ephesus and with Laodicea on one hand. And so there's like this trade route that goes from place to place. And uh, Colossae seemed to be like this on deck circle. Like if you wanted to try to perform and have success in Ephesus, which was the large city and port city in this uh, part of the world, then you needed to kind of hone the act and the craft in a place like Colossae. And so uh, they were, there was no shortage of snake oil salesmen, uh, philosophers trying to tell a tall tale in order to mesmerize the people. And so 
planting a church in this circus-like environment must have been a tough task. So I think on the surface of it, we have to admire the Apostle Paul and the early workers of the church. Um, When they looked at different cities, they didn't shy away from any of them. They believed that Jesus was raised, that he was the Lord of the whole world. And so why not try to find some faithful people in each and every city that you can and to try to make something out of nothing and to plant a church and to reach more people and to build up the saints, right? I mean, today, church planters look at different towns and cities and they find if they're advantageous or not. Uh, someone might look at the Pacific Northwest or the the upper East Coast of the United States and just imagine that it's too difficult of a place to plant a church. There's not a lot of spiritual people there, people that attend religious services. Some people even call it like a religiously dry part of the world. But let's be honest, every place where we find ourselves is both brimming with opportunity and it's full of obstacles. And so Paul goes into this town and he wants to see a church planted. He's raising up leaders. He sends this faithful guy named Epaphras to wrestle in prayer and to lead from Ephesus, to go back and forth to try to get this church off the ground. What I love about this is that Paul's quite aware of what's going on in this church. He's heard of their faith. He's heard of the guts that they have and their spirituality. And he's never ceasing to pray for them. And so I can just see Paul just wrestling deep within, understanding the different issues and problems and the strife of planting a church in this type, in this part of the world. And Paul says, nevertheless, God is faithful. And he punctuates his opening statements with a great gospel truth. He says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Paul says, no matter what season of ministry we're in, whether it's seasons of plenty or seasons when it's hard and the work is difficult and trying and people are wandering away from the faith and not attending church any longer, Paul says, seasons change, they come and go. There's momentum and they're stalling out. There's times when the church is stale. There's times when the church is fruitful. But at the end of the day, what we're bearing witness to is a God that's at work and he's in the midst of this broken world and he's offering forgiveness. He's offering redemption. He's placing us within a community in a community that Paul says where brilliant and beautiful things happen, where the faith is expressed and modeled, that is praiseworthy. It you know causes us to lose our breath and to never cease to stop praying for you. I just think that's a wonderful way to start a letter to a church that could use some desperate ministering to in the moments that Paul finds them. And so that's the same for us. Uh, We might be wringing our hands about some things that are happening in the world, or we might be thinking things are looking up in the world around us. Nevertheless, this gospel truth is prevalent and it's true that in him we have redemption from our sins. And he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the church, this great body of Christ where the wisdom of God is heralded and taught and embraced and lived out. We thank you that you saw fit to include us into a faith family. And so we thank you for the ministers, the leaders, the teachers, uh, the friends, the companions, those who show us hospitality and great patience within the church, those who encourage us and who serve us. 
and those who are open for us to serve them. We just thank you for the logic of the kingdom, that God, you're at work in this world, that you work in and through the church. And so God, we thank you for a chance to have a corporate expression of the love of Christ. So God, we pray that you use our churches today, no matter where they are dotted over the map, this whole world as we're listening in this morning. I pray you'd fill our churches with enthusiasm. And I pray that um, whether this is a season of plenty or a season where things seem to be stalled or where the work and progress forward is challenging and difficult, I pray that we would not lose heart, that we would have our knees strengthened, that our arms would be fit for the task. And I pray that we put our hands on the plow and not look back that we move forward for the kingdom of God's sake. So God, use all of our lives and use the corporate communities that we find ourselves in. And I pray that we would bear witness to what you're doing in the world and that people would come running and seek to be a part of it as well. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.